Hello and welcome to the latest Vicom podcast. I'm Richard Pater, the director of Vicom. I'm delighted to be joined today by Ian Austin, or Lord Austin of Dudley, um, <laughs> who is going to be talking to us today about, uh, about his visit to Israel last week and other issues related to the bilateral Israel-UK relationship. Just as a little bit of background for those that are not familiar, um, Ian was a Labour MP for 14 years representing Dudley North. He resigned from the Labour Party in 2009, largely in protest over then leader Jeremy Corbyn. And he now sits as an independent member of the House of Lords and serves as the government's trade envoy to Israel. Lord Austin, welcome to the Bicom podcast. Thanks, Richard. But let's uh, let's stick with Ian. We, you know, we don't need the Lord Austin. <laughs> that's, that's that's fine. Um, listen, as as your title of uh, of trade envoy, um, mm -hmm. I'd like to start and talk about your trip last week when you accompanied the international trade secretary. I understand this was her first trip to Israel. What, what was the impressions that uh, Israel made on her overall? Oh, I think she was really impressed. I think she, I think she found the history fascinating. Um, on the first day, we, after isolating for our, for our COVID tests, which were all negative, for, uh, fortunately, we, um, we visited the old city and she, she saw the Western Wall. And then the following day, uh, she visited uh, Yad Vashem, where she laid a wreath. So she saw the history and all that, but then, but I think, um, you know, which has a huge impression on anybody visiting Israel, but she was, I think, so impressed with the, the entrepreneurial spirit, uh, the tech businesses that she met, and the potential for increasing uh, UK-Israel trade. I thought she was, uh, I mean, she was really impressed by all of this. So we'll get into some of the trade issues uh, in a moment. But I mean, it's, it's interesting, I mean, and important that you mentioned the trip to Yad Vashem. You, you visited as an MP, I'm, I'm imagining, several, several times. Just how important do you think it is to keep Yad Vashem on the schedule for visiting, uh, um, visiting foreign, foreign leaders? I think it's crucial. I mean, obviously, you know, the desire for a Jewish nation dated back long before the Holocaust, long before the, long before the war. But its establishment after, shortly after the Holocaust and after the war as a safe haven for the Jewish people to prevent anything like this ever happening again. I think it's really important for people to understand that, particularly when Israel is being singled out for abuse, as we saw last week with Amnesty International being, being accused of apartheid, effectively being accused of, of racism. Um, I think it's a complete disgrace to accuse a nation partly established by people who survived the Holocaust um, and now inhabited by their descendants of, uh, of racism, I think is a, is a complete disgrace. So to understand the historical context and visiting the old city where you see that, um, you see the evidence right there that, you know, that this has been the, you know, the Jewish state for thousands of years. You understand that the, you know, visitors to Israel realize, see for themselves, that it is not as, uh, as sort of anti-Israel obsessives in the West want to claim some sort of recent settler colonialist uh, project, which is the the sort of current term of abuse. So, just on on the kind of the uh, the content issues of the of the trip, I wondered, kind of, could you just give us the, a, a flavor of the meetings um, that the minister had with her Israeli? Uh, counterparts and kind of what were the most uh, important aspects of those meetings? 
Well, discussions about a new trade deal have been going on for some time now. The obviously we uh, the, the well the current trade arrangements date back from before Brexit. In fact, date back to uh, to the 1980s. So they they predate the UK's boom in services. They predate the digital economy, which has transformed every aspect of our lives and is so important to both countries. But I mean, Israel, the startup nation, uh, the source of so much of the world's the world's technological developments. So there's a huge amount of potential to capitalize on 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 all of that. Um, and discussions have been going on on this between officials on both sides now for some time, particularly led by our ambassador, who I think does a brilliant job, Neil Wigan, and the trade director, Matthew Stolter, at the embassy in uh, Tel Aviv. They and their teams have been doing really, you know, the sort of lots of hard work on this, supported by officials at the Department of International Trade in the UK. So that's been happening in the background. Uh, and obviously, the then Secretary of State for International Trade, Liz Truss, visited in June, July last year to, you know, to get the process moving. So what Anne-Marie Trevelyan did last week was she kicked off the formal discussions with the Minister for Innovation, Science and Technology and the Economy Minister. So those meetings happened in Jerusalem uh, last Wednesday. And the, the key thing that happened was that they launched the formal consultation that will lead to, to the detailed negotiations that are taking place. So this is an opportunity for businesses in the UK and it's, well, not just businesses, anybody who's interested in a bilateral relationship. There's a formal consultation process now open. It'll last for another sort of seven weeks. If people just go to the Department of International Trade website or just Google UK-Israel trade consultation, they'll find the links and they can comment there. And it's really important that people who want to see trade between Britain and Israel increased, who want to see the relationship between these two countries uh, strengthened and expanded in the future. I think it's really important that everybody takes the opportunity to comment on this. What are the areas of the key areas that the UK and Israel economies complement each other and can benefit from a new deal? Well, there's, al there's already a really strong trading relationship. Um, I mean, it's been at record levels, hundreds of businesses, thousands of jobs in the UK already rely on trade between Britain and Israel. The UK is Israel's third largest trading partner. Um, in 2020, there were £2.7 billion worth of British exports to Israel. And the overall trade relationship is worth almost five, uh, five billion pounds. And even despite the pandemic and, uh, you know, the headwinds that that's caused, Israeli investment to the UK was worth over 200 million pounds. So we're already starting from a, a really strong, a really strong basis. And we're, I mean, the UK is exporting, you know, minis made in Oxford, taxis made in Coventry. We're producing uh, the Rolls-Royce engines for El Al's new planes. So there's lots of exports going from the UK to Israel. And there's lots of investment coming the other way. I mean, in science and technology, but also in healthcare. One in seven NHS drugs uh, comes from Israel. I think lots of people in the UK don't know that. Lots of people in the UK don't know how many jobs and businesses depend on Israel. But there's already a really strong relationship for us to build on. The opportunities, I think, for the future uh, are enormous. If you... I mean, if you think the service sector now accounts for 70% of both Israel and the UK's economies, but only 35% of trade between the two nations. So opening up sectors like services and tech, life sciences, uh, AI, cybersecurity, these could create huge numbers 
of really good, well-paid jobs in the in in the UK. So I think this is a really really exciting uh, prospect uh, for both countries. Absolutely, um, and obviously, as you know, we at Biocom support that uh, support that relationship. Um, yeah. But I suppose more of a focus from us usually, and I'd love to hear your thoughts as well beyond trade. We saw that uh, just at the end of last year, Israel and the UK, the foreign ministries um, ministers signed a 10-year uh, memorandum of, of understanding, um, which relates to a whole range of spheres. But what do you think are the most important, significant aspects of the Britain-Israel strategic relationship? I think in addition to the sort of trade and exports that I've just been talking about, I think the defence sector is, is of huge importance, real, um, massive importance to the UK. I want to see the, the relationship between Britain and Israel strengthened in, in all sorts of areas. I think, the, I think Israel is, uh, is one of our most important allies internationally. I think it is the, it's the only democracy in the Middle East. Uh, it's crucial to me that, uh, you know, that, that the UK and the UK government is standing up for Israel and supporting um, and supporting the region's only democracy and the world's the world's only Jewish state, and I think that's a really that should be a really really important priority for the UK, um, and it is at the moment. And I want to, you know, I want to do everything I can to uh, to make sure that that continues. So I think the relationship is of enormous strategic importance for both countries, and we've got to make sure that that continues. Absolutely. I mean, as you're well aware, Israel's kind of top line security concerns um, relates to Iran, both mm -hmm. their, their, their regional activity and their, and their nuclear ambitions. Just taking your view from the, uh, um, from the privileged position in the House of Lords, um, if I can say, frame it as such, what's, how do you view um, kind of the, the British government's concerns over, over the Iranian threat and specifically um, your view on the talks going on in, uh, in Vienna? Well, look, I, I mean, I don't speak for the for the government on foreign policy. I mean, my role is strictly limited to, to trade. And I think we should make, I think the West, the US and Western countries should be taking a very tough line with, uh, with Iran. I think this is a country that creates carnage across the Middle East, uh, in, in Iraq and in Syria. Uh, it is fueling the world's worst humanitarian crisis in Yemen. It's supporting terrorism in, with Hezbollah in, in Lebanon and with Hamas in, uh, in Gaza. And it's trying to develop nuclear weapons to, uh, to threaten Israel's existence. And that's in addition to its appalling human rights record towards the poor citizens of, of Iran. You know, gay men hung from cranes. And of course, it kidnaps it, it, it kidnaps British citizens. So this is a, you know, this is a terrible regime. Um, I think the Revolutionary Guard should be prescribed. And I think we should be imposing uh, tough sanctions to, to force Iran to shelve its nuclear ambitions and, uh, and stop sponsoring terrorism across the Middle East. I think the UK government is, you know, is clear-eyed about the... Um, you know, the nature of the Iranian regime. You know, I don't think many people in the UK would be arguing about that. But obviously the government has to negotiate with other countries and try and, you know, there needs to be a sort of 
multilateral response to this. Right, right. I think I, that makes makes sense that as supportive as the uh, as the British uh, government seems to be on this, the, the level of traction they have when compared to dealing with the the other um, P five partners. Obviously, the US are not not even yeah. part of the talks, but along with uh, Russia and. Uh, Russia and China, France and, and Germany makes it quite tricky to, to reach these uh, kind of these tough, uh, robust outcomes, I imagine. Well, anybody who's heard senior ministers in the UK talk about the relationship between Britain and Israel can be in no doubt about the government's support for, uh, for the country. Absolutely. Um, I understand you also visited the, um, the, the Emirates recently, and I just wanted to take your view on kind of how you see the progression of the Abraham Accords. Well, I was last there a couple of years ago, so it predated the Abraham Accords. I went there to because I was interested in seeing, you know, in learning more about the economy of the of the UAE. Um, and it's a pretty extraordinary place to to visit. I mean, you see the the sort of level of investment and the you know the way they're developing their economy in areas like um, tech and tourism and trade and so on is you know it's fascinating to see. But obviously, the Abraham Accords are a, are a game changer for the Middle East. I mean, if you predicted just a few weeks before they were announced that um, that, the, that a relation that it was possible to open up the relationship between Israel and the UAE and some of the other moderate Arab states, people would never have believed that this would be possible. And so, the potential for—I mean, the potential for trade between Israel and the UAE and trade and tra travel and tourism—and I think the UK can. It can be a really interesting part of that, which would benefit all three, all three countries. But the, um, but obviously, it completely changes the, the, the politics of uh, of the Middle East, and it's um, and it's fantastic that Israel is no longer as isolated as it uh, as it has been for decades in in the region. So this is you know it's a game changer. It's hugely exciting. You know, it transforms the whole nature of Israel's relationship with its neighbors. You mentioned, uh, it's interesting, you mentioned the, the UK role. I just wanted to see what you thought, kind of also as the trade envoy, um, what's the, where's the UK value added or what role can the UK play in enhancing those ties being developed by the Abraham Accords? Well, look, we've got, we're in a pretty unique position, aren't we? Because we've got a great relationship with the UAE and we've got, and we've got such a strong trading relationship already with Israel. So I think the, the potential for three-way trade and for all three countries to benefit from closer ties between all three, I think is, um, I think is enormous. And there's great synergies when you look at what's happening on technology or, and there's lots of things we can learn from, you know, there's lots of things we can learn from Israel and the UAE on, on technology or on, uh, I mean, some of the stuff the UAE is doing and Israel on low carbon is extraordinary. So there's plenty for us to learn, but there's plenty of potential uh, for, you know, for, you know, for exports and for Britain's service sector to benefit as well. Fantastic. Um, Lord Ian Austin, thank you very much indeed um, for your time today. Most appreciated. Look, it's my pleasure. And, uh, and Richard, can I say, you know, ICOM's doing really important work in keeping people in the UK informed about what's happening in Israel, about the, the truth about Israel and the challenges it faces in the Middle East. So keep up the good work and let me know if I can ever help. That's very kind. Thank you very much indeed.